can we just start, please, with some follow-up from the last episode? <laughs> because, okay. Because I want to point out that you made a busted reference. <laughs> okay, yeah, I did, yeah. And that was from 2002. And then when I made my Futurama reference, you said, oh, it's an, it's an old show. How am I supposed to get that reference? And it's from 2002. We made okay. identical references to the right year, to the same year, sorry. Yeah, yeah but there's many episodes of Futurama in comparison to one song. There's many busted, busted songs. Track. There's many, many yeah. busted songs. Yeah, there are very many, but there's not very well-known ones well, like that. That's not my fault. That's not my problem. That's Busted's problem. <laughs> but it's so uncanny that we both made a reference from 22. Uh, 20, uh, 2002. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, that's, oh. that's our age. That's the follow-up done. Let's get into episode two. Welcome everybody. We just had I just had got the, some notes. Oh my god, this is the first time ever. There's notes for I had notes last time. I had notes. I had notes. Oh. Time. Okay. I stand corrected. Sometimes I just think you wing it. <laughs> I do, for the most part I wing it, yeah. I gave you I already talked a little bit about episode two. This is uh Star Trek Picard season three, episode two. What have you got to say for yourself, Adam, with regards to this episode? Uh, I Jack Crusher. He feels he's very. It's very much on the nose that he's Picard's son. Very much on the nose. Um, he's got the stupid British accent. Um, are you? Do you, are, you just are we just breaking it down? We're not going through the plot. We're just going to break it down. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go through my little points and then you know. Okay, before you do that, must... let's let's start from the top. Let's start. Let's just say the, the pace of the episode. How did you feel after? How did you feel after watching it? Because so much happens in the first episode, and yet to me so very little happens in this episode i suppose i've just had a quick view of it again just to refresh myself uh, upon second viewing quickly um yeah i mean i thought it was all right i thought that it was i thought this was a better episode than the first one um the pacing as far as that goes i i thought it was okay i mean it, it did a lot of stuff in the episode which didn't really get to much of anywhere if that makes any sense so it just basically kind of went with we're stuck on the little ship we found the little ship and now we're back on the big ship, and now an even bigger ship's attacking us. That was basically the whole thing. And then they want Jack Crusher for some bizarre reason. I don't know why. He must have really pissed them off somehow. I don't know. I wonder if something's in his uh, DNA. <sighs> it'll, it'll be something obscure like that, or something daft. I don't know. Something stupid. Or like he's inadvertently killed someone that she loves, or some bullshit. I don't I, I feel like... It'll be so, not, I don't want to defend Star Trek Picard here, but... It could be any reason. Whatever the reason is, it's going to be bullshit. <laughs> Which is unfair, a little bit. But there we are. That's their problem, not ours. Yeah. And can I say that I like, I like the pacing of the episode, right? It seems okay so far. But what I don't like is Rafi's parts of the episode. Okay. Every time it goes to her, I just it, it loses all momentum. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I actually, this is the first time. I, just, I skipped a little bit of her. So I was like, I'm, I'm back, I'm bored, I'm, go away, go away. And then it got to the pit where she met the Ferengi, and I'm like, okay. And then he makes me miss Quark. So I'm just like, every time I see a Ferengi that's not Quark, I'm like, well, I don't care, you're a poor man's Quark. Well, that's unfair to the Ferengi, but okay, I think every comparison is going to be made against uh, Quark. Yeah, it's because he made the character and he made such a big thing of it, and it's because the Ferengi at the time were not really a big... I think they tried to make them serious when they first introduced them. Then they turned into a bit of a joke and a sideshow. And then it's not until Quark came along that they sort of were a bit more, oh, right, that's what they're about and that's what they are. That's good. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, until he came along, they weren't anything like they weren't a big deal. They were more of a joke. 
this again before we get into the Jack Kershaw and therefore all the other characters still talking about the plot because of the pacing I feel like they're holding back something that's going to go into the rest of the episodes and I don't think they should have done that you could have got more done in that second episode so part of it considers it a bit fillery especially with the Rafi scenes yeah it felt more like setting up to me like setting up for like the future of the next episode and the next episode Do you know what I mean yeah. it's very setty up sort of episode so much happens um, in the first didn't... episode and then it slows down yeah. well let's get all the references done in the first one and then let's settle down in the second one yeah okay but i do agree about the raffi scenes and a lot of people online have expressed the same feeling like going like, to not, her not, is a not, distraction it's not the actress i think she's a, a good actress and she does what probably she can with whatever she's been given yeah, right yeah, now yeah. but it's just it's just it's just out of place and it just seems to yes. look completely break apart from what's going on on the main thing and i'm like it'll probably it'll connect at some point i'm sure but at the moment it just seems very disjointed and it's not because she's black is it it's it's just because of the character and the story right why does that come into it because it always comes into it when we talk about people who are black and if someone somebody on twitter will say it's because she's black you don't like a strong black woman <laughs> No, I actually like the actress. I like her actress. I like the actress. I just don't like the character or her storyline. I've never liked that character. I do. Ever since episode I do. I just... three when she was introduced to us or two from season one. Yeah, I just, I, just, I just wish it made more sense. I'm sure it will. Uh, especially, I don't know, the stupid weapon that, she, that she's after or whatever she's following up on. It looks like a Doctor Strange fucking portal coming down and yeah. sucking things up. And I'm like, I don't care. Did you notice that they said only 117 people died? Yeah, I, I, I thought that. I was like, how? You know, the whole building, and then it went onto another, it just dropped on part of the sea. And I'm like, surely not. There's only 170, way more casualties than that. Right. <laughs> Bizarre. But okay. Now that we've established the plot, kind of, uh, what did you want to say about Jack Crusher? What did you, why did you want to open up with Jack Crusher? Because obviously, the, the episode opens up with him. He borrows a lot, for, a lot of themes from things. So I got very Guardians of the Galaxy sort of vibes from this at the start. Especially him as well as a character. He seems very much oh, okay. like a Star-Lord type character. Do you know what I mean? He's very right. much... He's yeah, like yeah. A, now that you said it. He's definitely got that, got that vibe to him. You know, he's like... He's on the run. He's like a... What's it? Um, a smuggler and a fucking... All this other shit. It's like, just like probably what Star-Lord was. And not so many different... Just, he's got a load of different identities and stuff like that. And it's just very much he's wearing the cool jacket. You know, and I'm like... Yeah, I'm getting a lot of Star-Lord vibes. It opens up as well with like a uh, classic sort of it 70s or 80s track, you know, like classic rock, you know, and I'm like, all right, again, it just, it's nothing wrong with that. It's just borrowing a lot heavy from that. This was from Jack um, Crusher's scenes, you mean? Yeah. Okay. From the opening, I, I from totally the ship, don't remember. From, you know, uh, yeah, the episode opens up with the ship, you know, that they're on, and it opens up with the uh, Star Child song, just him being sort of approached by, I think, Starfleet ship. The Fenris Rangers. Got yeah. The codes. Yeah, we, we need to like search a ship basically, and then he just basically bribes them to sort of like get get medical supplies to the right. planet or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I don't again. I don't mind him either. I, I don't mind any of the people. I, I do quite like where they're going with it. It's a lot better than the previous two seasons, which were which were dog shit. But uh, like you, I said, yeah, you've opened me up to the point of like, yeah, it's not classic Trek, and eh, nothing ever will be. But and to get that sort of vibe and tone again is probably going to be. Difficult, not impossible, but difficult. I would like I I more in this episode. I I do like Captain Shaw. I just think he's really not really good. 
I would like a spin-off season or a, a separate thing with him doing like on his ship and doing like a Star Trek Next Generation thing with him and his crew. That'd be pretty cool, I think, because I quite like that character. I want to see him sort of grow and evolve a bit more. And I think a show like that, an episodic show, would be quite good and fun to watch his character evolve. I, I would agree, as long as it turned the lights on. <laughs> speaking yeah, of episodic the color, shows... The color palette, yeah. Sorry, speaking of episodic shows, just a quick segue. Have you watched Strange New Worlds? Because that seems exactly what you want from Star Trek, from New Trek Star Trek. I Yeah, I, I, I've, I've only seen clips of it on YouTube. I've been meaning to watch it because it does actually seem... I, it, I was going to say, like, wouldn't that be a show that would appeal to you? It is quite like classic Trek a little bit in terms of... Yeah, but they, they, they keep contradicting the canon and the characterizations aren't correct. They don't speak like Starfleet officers. That's all. So right. they've mucked it up. Yeah. And plus the size of the Enterprise, it doesn't fit with what you want, but how you see it yeah. in later, in, in obviously TOS and then the movies, it doesn't, they, they just did not conformed to what's going to come. Okay. And some, of the, and some of the stories are just dog shit as well. They just make no sense in terms of logic, the story plotting, which, yeah. which I find in this episode too. For example, when Jack yeah. Crusher, go, to go back on Jack Crusher, they put him in the brig, but they don't search him. Why, why wouldn't they do that? And then yeah. he wants to escape and beam himself on board. But if he just told somebody, that's what I want to do. If he told Captain Shaw that, then Captain Shaw is like, okay, that's what I want you to do. So then he doesn't have to yeah, fight yeah. anybody to get off the ship. And yeah. they don't seem to want to say these things or... Yeah, they don't want the characters to say these things, so it ups the drama, and it's a false level of drama because we know his intentions, or we find out his intentions. And then there's just a typical plot hole, such as we didn't search him when he, we put him in the brig, and he tricks the guy to get him out. And it's like, yeah, well, I can see that coming a mile away, just as much as I can see it's Captain Picard's son a mile away. It's weird. Mm. So weird. I mean, at least in classic track, you could hide it behind something cheesy. This is trying to be serious and edgy, so I expect the reasoning the plot to be resolved through serious means. <laughs> okay. You can get away with it on Star Trek. You know, they, 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 didn't, they didn't always take themselves so seriously. You had Captain Picard dressed up as Robin Hood with his band of merry men and Q was dicking around with him trying to get Lady Marion back on a trapped, on a Not messed that. up holodeck adventure or whatever it was. But yeah, it was a holodeck here, thing, yeah. Right, but here you don't get the holodeck. You've got real world life story going, coming on with consequences. The guy just bullshits, bullshits the Starfleet officer. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't get that as well like when shit's going down and then Picard just just takes over on the bridge he's just like admiral's orders and he's just like what the fuck? He just, which which in the first episode captain shaw said you're retired so you don't get to tell me what to do and he takes over yeah he just that's, takes over that's new tech writing he's like okay I'll, I'll acquiesce to a retired admiral now but i will say yeah, in that yeah. moment it did feel like captain picard patrick stewart seemed to have an energy that resonated with me that it was like oh that that evokes the old classic picard but yeah i don't know how long that will last he does feel more like his character but obviously a lot older actually more now than in this well two episodes i've seen he, he feels more like picard in this than he did in the other things so the other things he just seemed like a broken down old man and it was quite sad and quite annoying to watch yeah can agree with that there was an interview with patrick stewart saying when we decided to go back to this we had to realize that the characters had changed just as much as the show had changed. Sorry, well, we had changed as people. Yeah, but the amount of changes that you've put into the show in the first two seasons doesn't warrant that much character change, character growth from somebody who's past his midlife. People usually get set in their ways as they get older, and this guy is, has become something different. 
So that, it's like his excuse, his reasoning. It's like, okay, I get it, but I don't believe it because I think, I think you just don't have the same writers who wrote for him as he does now. And he doesn't, maybe he doesn't realize that he's just, he's covering up for that. But he doesn't, like I say, he doesn't realize it. Just every time he gets stressed out, it's like, Beverly, Beverly. <laughs> there was one good scene. There was two good scenes. One where he says engage, he takes command of the Titan. The one where he sits down with Jack, tries to figure out who Jack is. Those are two good scenes for, on, in terms of character, just in isolation, because it seemed like him. But other times, they make, they, make these, they make these assumptions, and the plot seems to go with what the character has assumed. So if you go back to the beginning, when Picard sets up the anti-transporter devices, he says that's what they're going oh, to do. Yeah. And then they did try yeah. to do that. And then two goons come on board the ship, Riker kills them, and Riker says, now that they've lost two, they won't try that again. And then the plot turns out exactly like that, but if, that's, if that is how they operate, Beverly killed two of them in the first episode. So why are they still chasing Beverly? And in the time it took to get off the, that ship, that Shrike large ship could have tried all sorts of things to get on board. They could have beamed over 100 goons. They could have beamed over a knockout gas. They could have just transported the ship. They could have just tractor beamed the ship. There's so many permutations that the writers don't seem to understand that that's what they could do. And then it's just this slow effort to get the Titan to back in, cut off the transporter beam, and then they take them. Like, what? Because the plot has got to get them on board the ship. The Titan, I mean. Yeah. But again, it's still not as bad as the first two seasons with regard to the writing, but that style of writing where things move so quickly that if you don't pay attention, then you go along with it. But once you sit back and think, hang on, then you realize, how could they do that? And then you can start cherry picking or nitpicking the plot, the consistencies in the plot. I'm still not... This is the first time I've seen the uh, the antagonist. Is it Vadik? Yeah, Vadik, yeah. Uh, I'm still not sure on her. It seems very... It's very over the top, very dramatic. She reminds me, actually, of... Um, you've seen Austin Powers, right? Yes, I know where you're going to go with this. A lot of people online have said this. Reminds me of her. You know, the Frau, what's her face, whatever. Frau Bissenhofen or whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where she's just screaming all the time, you know? I don't understand why. I mean, I do understand why. They want to set her up as like some kind of calm. Yeah. But if, why, why does the, why does she, how can I frame this? She says at the beginning, scan my ship. I'm going to drop the shields and you can scan my ship. I mean, the yeah. nitpicker in me wants to say, you don't need to drop the shields to get a scan of someone's ship unless she's got some amazing shields as well. They find out all the weapons she's got on board and they're like, holy shit, we're going to die if we don't give Jack, Tresh Jack Crusher over to them. And then, all the ten a lot of the tension resides on that fact. How do they get off? How do they get away with this without giving up Jack? Because we know they're not going to give up Jack. So how do they do it? And then at the end, they're just like, fighters torpedoes, let's go. But she was going <laughs> to, she said, I could just blow you away. If I see your impulse engines power up or warp away, whatever, I'll just blow yeah. you away. And then she's just like laughing, dancing on the bridge or spinning in her chair. I can't remember what exaggerated. Yeah, she was like laughing, going into the, the gas clouds or wherever the fuck right. you went into. Um, I don't know if it's on that thread, and then there's no threat. Yeah, I don't know if it's because we just try and spin it like maybe Picard's like, oh, she's not going to kill him, so we can just fuck off and they won't do anything. Under that assumption, maybe. But Which makes like, sense, but the show doesn't say that. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. You're having to work that out or sort of assume that yourself as the audience right. watching. Uh, I don't know. And uh, yeah, Like you say, when we talk about it, I know you can see a lot of plot holes here and there, and I'm like, okay. Do, do you want another one? Do you want another little plot hole when they yeah, when they meet when they meet the shrike the shields are up on both ships and as you know vadik says i'm going to lower mine they don't lower the shields on on the titan then she picks up the ship with the tractor beam and flings it at the titan 
uh, then Captain Shaw says, oh, yeah. raise the shields. It's like, but you never dropped the shields. <laughs> and, if, and if the shields were down, what's stopping Vadic from just beaming Jack Crusher off the ship again? Because you don't have anti, uh, anti-transporters unless the shields are up. So yeah, yeah. it's like the writers don't understand the universe that they're writing in. And there's all these possibilities mm-hmm. to go somewhere, but it just follows a logical or a typical sort of plot from any story that we've seen before. Like any typical sci-fi show that would a regular audience would watch and not really know all these fine details. I would I would say even a rom-com, like a rom-com has a set mm-hmm. linear path and it's very rare that a rom-com will deviate and it becomes something else or something novel or interesting. It's always mm. it's always the same flow and this is doing exactly the same thing. Or even just an action movie or a Rocky I movie. Suppose. It goes the same way. Like you're you're picking up on those things because you're a diehard Trek fan. Say so for me though, I didn't pick up on any of these things. So is that just your cynical eyes looking at it in that sort of light? Well, the more you understand something, you could say the less you know. But the fact that I I know quite I know a lot to see these mistakes, it ruins it for yeah, me. Yeah. I can't be immersed in that in that thing that they're trying to present as gripping and you know tension filled and whatever you want to describe it. That's the problem. It's like mm. playing. It's like if you knew everything about football, but they're playing with three men versus 11 and they're trying to make it dramatic. Like, oh, how are three men going to play against 11 men? It's just not possible. They'll just get reamed. Yeah. That's a bad analogy, but that's the quickest one I can come up with. <laughs> hey, if you want to go really nitpicky, there's a shot of the Titan after they flung the little ship at it and it scrapes. You remember it scrapes the top and she says, yeah, oh, yeah, deck 11's yeah. damage. There's no damage. There's no damage. <laughs> now that, that is really <laughs> nitpicky. That's another level of nitpickiness because somebody didn't do the CGI on that. So, that's just like something to laugh at. But when they talk about the shields are down, and you can just beam Jack Crusher off. Then like that's a plot hole. It's all right. They've got they've got replicator tech, so it no, just they haven't. Fixes. The, Disco- the discovery has. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the the handler reveal of Rafi's handler? You know, yeah, it's nice to see Wolf. It genuinely is. But yeah, but fucking but he kills everyone like straight out. That is not the war from TNG. This is the New Trek kind of Worf and the way mm. they treat life in New Trek, not in Star Trek. Worf would never kill an unarmed man. I know the Ferengi is a bastard, but he was unarmed and he's a Ferengi. He's like, he's like five foot one. And Worf is much bigger. He's a warrior. And nitpicking nerd makes the point that even in Star Trek DS9, Garron uh, accosted somebody who was going to kill Garrick, uh, kill, uh, uh, what's his name? Quark. And he said, are you that pitiful that you're going to kill an unarmed Ferengi of all things? And then he strips yeah. him of his honor. And, that, and then Worf goes and does that. So weird. I feel like that scene was just the show, like, oh, look, it's Worf. He's badass. <laughs> it's really dark, and you can't really see what he's doing. But he chops someone's yeah, head yeah. off. And then, then they play the Klingon music. And I just knew they were doing that. So I'm just like, oh, OK. <laughs> Every time there's a Klingon, it's da, da, da. You've got to celebrate it for a little bit. It's like WWF music to introduce them. They've got to get the, the tune in. Do you like the way, like how these how these characters have aged? They they look like you know they. I think they, they tried to age them in, in a, a Star Trek Next Generation episode where they were older. Yeah, in uh, all the of, things, the last episode. Yeah, and they sort of look kind of close to what they look like now, yes. which is quite good. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree. Yeah, yeah. The well, there, I had a problem with Worf in the trailer in the promo because Worf from All Good Things looks different to this War and. Worf has grey hair, and people will point out that yeah. Klingons live a long time. I'm just nitpicking now. This is just an aside. This is just for you. Worf has grey hair, not, pu- not pure white hair. And then when you see okay. the old Star Trek Klingons from classic Trek in DS9, 
they've got gray hair. So people were like, why has he got pure white hair? He's not that old. But then you find out mm-hmm. that Michael Dorn wanted a reference to be in the hair, which I thought was clever. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, you kill, kill Bill, you know, the guy who teaches the woman, Uma Thurman's character. And he's, oh, yeah. he's, and he's stroking the beard and he's got the white, massive white eyebrows. He's basically yeah. a, a reference to that kind of archetype because that's where oh, Worf okay. is in his life. So I can understand that now a bit better, but still, it doesn't excuse the whiteness. You could have just done it in gray. <laughs> Not good enough. Not good enough. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, there will be a drip feed of characters as we go through the episodes, by the way. So Worf is the second one, or the fourth one, if you count. Riker is the second one, and Beverly is the third one. Okay. Yeah, after Picard, of course. Who, who, even though yeah. the show's about him, it doesn't really focus on him. Do you know, he seems like a bystander. Yeah, he just seems more... I suppose he can't really do much, can he, unfortunately? Yeah, that's why he needs Riker in the beginning. Yeah, I feel like the show is like maybe 10 years too late or something. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. yeah, yeah, no, I, I can see maybe. that. He's like, he's like 80 now, is he? 80-something? Yeah. Picard? Well, you know, John Luke uh, in Patrick Stewart. Yeah, and Riker is, the yeah. guy who plays Riker is uh, 67, so he's much younger. Yeah. Oh, well. It's, it's a shame that they've delayed, they, they, it, no, I won't say delayed it, but if they had the idea to do this sooner, instead of yeah. concentrating on the J.J. Abrams movies. <clears throat> but yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this, considering how old they are, the TOS, the TOS crew couldn't be in movies at that age. The, the TNG crew are now older than the TOS crew from when they were in the movies from the 90s. The last movie was 92, so 89. Yeah. That's when they were like, they're too old for this. And now we've accepted that these characters are believable at a much older age. Yeah. So that's progress, I guess, for against ageism or representation. <laughs> because, you, because, no, it's fair, though, because you wouldn't really have an old woman in a science fiction movie uh, or TV series no. unless there was some kind of well, old witch or some yeah, random... Well, it's character. like uh, type Harrison type. Ford for like uh, Indiana Jones. He's like old as fuck now, and he's going to be doing Indiana Jones again. So yeah, yeah. Well, we could go into a massive segue, but we don't have the time about how the boomers just won't let go of our culture. They won't let go of pop culture, politics, any of it. They just won't go away. But as I said, yeah. that's a, it won't a go side. away. But they have to adjust it for right modern ways of thinking. With regard to Captain Shaw, can you understand his motivations now? Uh, with regards the episode, to what? Because the episode gives him more to do, and he says, I'm not going mm. to risk my 500 crew for Captain Picard, uh, sorry, yeah. Picard and Captain Riker. And it's a valid argument. It's not, again, we said no, this last is. episode, he's... He's, not, he's not woke. He's not written in a woke way. He's got actual justifications. Yeah, everything he's doing is like logical and to the book and like following the rules and stuff like that. And I get it. And it's all legit because he's thinking of the crews, all the lives that are on the ship. He's not just going to go and jump into a fire just for like two crazy bastards that have decided to steal a shawl and go and do whatever they're doing. Um, but then obviously Seven gives him the ultimatum of like, well, you can be known as the captain who lets you legends die or just go away. And it's like, it puts him in a hard position because on one hand, yes, he's got all his morals and stuff like that. But on the other, it's like, if he does go back, then his reputation will be hampered by that if they did die, say. And it's like, oh, it's, it's very okay. great. It's not, it's, not, it's not black and white. It's like, it's a hard decision to make if you're in that situation. You're like, do I weigh it up like that or do I just fuck that off and then go? Okay. It's a hard one because he could get flat from Starfleet, he could get flat from like public images and stuff like that, anything. So it's a hard position to be in. He, he could, and you are right to point that out, but there's two problems with that. One, Seven tried to appeal to a Starfleet captain about how to be a captain in a, in a sort of way that 
would boost his reputation. And Starfleet captains don't operate like that. Yeah, yeah. They don't do things for that for 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 valor and glory. Mm-hmm. And second, Starfleet, as shown in episode one or two of first season, they said they don't like Picard because he, he yeah. that's why he retired. They don't they don't so maybe they didn't they wouldn't care. Oh, Admiral Picard died. It's okay, fine. We, the board of inquiry, the book is closed on this one. Let's leave it. They probably wouldn't care because the admiral told him to shut the fuck up. Oh sheer fucking hubris. Yeah, and that as well. So it's not like it's not like he he's well loved by from what the from what the story this universe is telling us. They don't care about Picard and Riker. What has he done? We don't know what yeah. he's done. So if he dies, he's just another. I don't want to. I don't want to say just, but he is just another Starfleet captain who saved the Borg like forty years ago. Okay, that that's done and dusted. So this, uh, I I just don't like the idea that Seven would try to appeal to his vanity with Starfleet mm. captain like that, especially when he's saying I've got five hundred lives on the line. Why? Why throw that in later? Well, it's it's a friend. I think at that in that moment, she's probably trying anything at that point. Yeah. Okay. But uh, to me, it doesn't work. Again, I'm more sensitive to this stuff than you are. I'm glad actually that you're not as geeky on this as I am because you 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 do actually pull me back. Oh, it is good though because you've got you've got two different sides of the coin, two different opinions. Because it would it wouldn't be that compelling if we were both like dead in the trek, and then we'd just be both like hating this thing. Whereas now you've got two different, completely different opinions. If you agreed with me, it would be very, it would be very compelling for me. <laughs> very boring. <laughs> It'd be very boring to listen to. <laughs> Maybe two people fucking slagging some off. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see. I just don't see it. It, it works with what she's doing. Uh, but okay, it's fine for you. Then then it's fine for you, right? I just need to be. I just need to be uh, more cognizant of of these things. I just think it, it put him in that sort of moral dilemma. He's like, ah. Oh. Fucking hell, what do I do here? Yeah, it just shows a lack um, of care to me. To me, it shows a lack of care. But I do, I do really like his character. I really think that they could do well with doing like a, a series with him and that ship and make a crew on the deck and you know have specific characters on that deck. And it'd be really, I reckon it could work. Maybe they, they will. Did it right. And if it was, if it's wrote like, I don't have the same guy who did this doing that, but then obviously change the color palette for you a little. <laughs> But like, yeah, just do it like that, and then I think that could work. Hopefully, I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I, he'll probably die in the next few, couple of episodes. <laughs> maybe, maybe he will. But uh, uh, yeah. there's a reference. Did you ever watch Battlestar Galactica? No. Oh, there's a there's an episode where the captain dies of the of the Pegasus, and then the, the first officer dies. He gets murdered, and so the only higher higher highest ranking officer left is the engineer. So they make him the captain, but he, he captains the ship as though he's in engineering. So okay. everything's all tightly regimented. But at the end of the episode, spoilers, he dies saving the ship. And I feel like he's going to go the same way as, as the guy from Battlestar Galactica. That's all. He's going to die saving the ship somehow. Yeah, that'd be a shame. Uh, there's an un- unintentional reference uh, that somebody caught. I wish I could give him the, re- give him the, the praise for this. But do you remember in TNG, there'd always be an admiral that comes on board the ship and says, Picard, you've got to do this. Picard, we've got to do that. And they sort of steer him away and he goes against his sensibilities of how to captain the ship. Do you remember that? So you'd get what was called like a bad mole, a bad admiral come on board. Oh, okay, yeah, vaguely, yeah. Patrick Stewart is now playing an admiral telling Captain Shaw what to do with his ship. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that ironic? <laughs> and now we get it from the admiral's perspective, whereas in TNG, we always yeah. get it from Captain Picard's perspective. Yeah, I love, these. I love it when there's so much material that you can make an unintentional reference. Yeah. With seven minutes left, do you have any other thoughts on this episode? Like I say, we've pointed out some plot, well, you've pointed out some plot holes. It's made me think, obviously, over it again. 
I'm still enjoying it more than I did the other one. The other ones I just was like, you know, like it was, it was a chore and a pain to get through. And I was like, honestly, just skipping things to get to another scene. Going, is that is that better? Is that interesting? To this, I'm sort of watching it until I get to the obviously the Rafi scenes, and I'm like, like kind of like in that same. I'm like, oh no, I'm getting those familiar feelings again of wanting to uh, skip past that. It'll be relevant later. I don't give a shit. Let's get back to the main plot. But so far, so good. Again, I have my doubts about the bad guy. I'm really hoping it's, it's so sort of cliche to sort of we'll lose him in the clouds or the, you know the galaxy fucking whatever. And it's like ah, oh, it is very cliche. It's very fucking oh, we can we can lose them through here, this gas cloud or whatever, and they won't be able to fire. I bet they won't be able to fire their weapons without fucking I don't know blowing themselves up or whatever. And I'm like, oh, There's always yeah. a nebula. Always Star Trek Nemesis yeah. had a nebula because the Scimitar be- was waiting for it. Do you remember it's in Nemesis, and then in then Insurrection there was a nebula with the gas and the Metreon gas. They're either gonna fly through the clouds, sort of manage to sort of keep them at distance for a bit. They'll come out of it, and there'll be a nearby fucking planet or some shit they can go to, or they'll they'll manage to like get a message to Starfleet, and then more ships will turn up to help them out, and then back them off again a bit. Something like that is gonna happen because something like that has to happen because. I don't understand where else this can go. The Enterprise E is supposed to be coming. Okay. Yeah, supposed to be in this show somewhere. Okay. But there's always a nebula. Three out, three out of the ten movies had had a nebula featured. <laughs> but but you know what the the, the the writing is saying we're going to do we're going to do the Khan thing we're going to do the Khan thing. It, it, it's yeah. So on the nose. I wonder if you yeah, can escape I wish, it in any way. I wish she wasn't. As, I wish she wasn't as much like that because it's very much on the nose. It's very much even like her ship and the. The color tones and that and that it's very wrath of Khan and his ship and yeah. the, you know and it's like yeah, I don't know I don't know I've got they never have a good compelling bad guy they never do yeah well some people would argue that you shouldn't have a bad guy you should have an antagonist but they they bad guys are just easier to do anyway that's that's sort of my thoughts at the moment I'm I'm still optimistic I'm still enjoying it so we'll see where it goes okay well uh, I'll let's end it there. Uh, we'll all have a short one and uh, for those that are listening or watching uh, thank you and stay tuned for episode 3